Should I wear it or will it get it? Okay, good to be here. And this is always a favorite subject of mine to talk about the Christian spiritual disciplines. Um, I have been in Churches of Christ all my life. My dad's a preacher. At 83, he's finishing his last few months in the church they're working with. So um, I've been very much in our movement. But there's a lot of things that I didn't get to <coughs> participate in until I was uh, probably in my late 20s. And a lot of it was the Christian spiritual disciplines. You know, I thought we started at 33 AD and then jumped to 1850 or whatever it was when Churches of Christ started. So there were all those centuries that were just kind of void. And it was this process, um, another name for this is examination of consciousness. But it was this process that was my entree into the Christian spiritual discipline. So I'm forever grateful that I get to, um, <coughs> that I was introduced to this. And I'll talk about a little later how that introduction happened. But um, before I do that, let me do a little commercial for um, something Patrick and I do. Uh, we lead a silent retreat light every fall. Dana has been part of that. And um, sometimes we do it twice a year, but we've kind of got, so we're just doing it in the fall. And, and um, I forget the date. I'll look in a minute, but we have it reserved for this fall already, sometime in November. <coughs> um, and I call it light because it's kind of a entry point for people who haven't done um, <coughs> silence and solitude before. So we start at my house on Friday night, always with Martin's Barbecue. That's Patrick's um, contribution. And then we um, start a discussion, go home, meet again in the morning here, typically out at the pavilion for morning prayer. And then we go out to St. Mary's um, in Sewanee, which is a physical retreat center. Beautiful, beautiful. If you haven't been there, it is just gorgeous out there. And we spend Saturday morning through Sunday, right before lunch, um, in silence. And we have a few presentations throughout the time, just to give you some structure. But um, I, I want to welcome you to be part of that if that pipes your interest at all. And then this year, for the first time, we're going to do a, a, I guess if one's called Silent Retreat Light, that be silent retreat heavy, or what's the opposite of light? Intense, intense silent retreat. Um, we're going to do one in the spring, and we're kind of trying to figure out dates that we can both do. So that will be an intense. So if you've been on the other one, or you're interested in going deep, or you have experience of silence, um, this is a communal time you can be with us. So. Um, Andy shared that I direct the Center for Spiritual Formation, which is called Sela. That means pause. And you see it in the Psalms, throughout the Psalms. And so I've uh, been doing that a couple years now. It's a nonprofit. 
and we do um, spiritual direction training. If you're familiar with that ministry, people come and go through our program. We're starting another group next week. And also a lot of classes on the Christian spiritual disciplines. So I'll show you the website if we have a couple <coughs> minutes at the end. But I just wanted to um, let you know that this class is very much in line with what we do. I'm also full-time on the faculty with ACU in the Marriage and Family Therapy Program, their online program. So I, I taught in that field for 20 years and then came to Lipscomb and did a stint leading the Center for um, the Institute for Christian Spirituality and being on the Bible faculty. And now I'm back in marriage and family therapy. But this is where my heart is. So um, thank you for letting me share it. We have a little logistic thing, so I'm going to be doing a lot of side stepping over here to my computer so I don't have a clicker. So uh, let me tell you a little bit about the person who created this process. Um, it was Ignatius of Loyola, and he was a um, he was the one who started the Jesuit movement, Society of Jesuits. And as as I said, this was my entree into these. And I love Ignatian philosophy because it's about God as love and God being involved in all things. And I really appreciate that non-compartmentalizing so that when I'm at home, it's about God. When I'm at work, it's about God. When I'm at the grocery store, it's about God. God is part of everything. And so um, that's been a, it's been a wonderful journey. And what I've done through the years, um, I have not become <coughs> a Catholic, but I appreciate a lot of what they offer. But every year I go on an eight-day silent retreat, and it's directed by um, one of the Jesuits. And it's um, one of the most important parts of my ministry, I feel, just that it's a real um, stripping away of me and being more available to God. So it's always a process of it takes me a while to get there to let go of stuff. And then it's like this wire brush scrubbing where it's kind of painful, but cleansing, bringing stuff to the surface that I've been ignoring or um, know I need to deal with but haven't wanted to and and God and I deal with that and sometimes wrestle with it but then it's mostly about just being loved and leaning into God's embrace and and at times I'll come with an agenda God we're gonna work through this decision and um, almost without exception it's been nope I'm just gonna love you but I come away from that with a lot more clarity. You know, things kind of move into place and whatever the problem has been, it doesn't seem like that big of a problem by the end of that retreat. So anyway, I'm a big proponent of silence as Jesus taught us, you know, Jesus modeled that. Um, Ignatius, and this is, well, let me just say the four um, the philosophy in general, God in all things, um, 
contemplation and action, which means you don't just sit and pray. This is about how are we in the world. If it's not informing who we are, it's not really worthwhile. And that also goes with incarnational living. We are Christ to the people we encounter. And so I train my therapists um, that, uh, that I'm training. That, that person you're sitting with, they may get their only glimpse of Christ through being with you, even if you never say his name. So having that as part. And then freedom from attachments. That means the things I hold as idols in my life, I let go of. And that's that stripping away I talked about. So success, beauty, youth, you know, all the things that are um, culture values. It's about letting go of those and centering ourselves on Christ. And so um, that's what the disciplines do, is they help us to know God in that way. And another thing, you may be familiar with um, Henry Nowen, wonderful writer. If you haven't read any of his stuff, um, really amazing. But he writes this one article talking and it's called Moving from Solitude to Community to Ministry. And he uses the passage in Luke 6 where he spends a night in prayer and then he chooses his 12 disciples. And then together they go out in ministries. But it's in that order. What we often do is we jump into a ministry and we start doing it until we have problems and we call in other people and then we pray. Um, of course, he's saying, you know, let's do that the other way. Start in silence with God and the more time we spend with God, the more we come to have our identity grounded in who Christ is rather than other things in the world. So then when we move into community, we're not tossed to and fro by people's opinions of us, by approval, because um, we're grounded in, I'm a child of God. That's where my identity lies in. And then, of course, ministry looks much different when we have that as our identity. Um, so, that's kind of an intro. And so, let me just tell you where this um, process came from. So, Ignatius, or St. <laughs> Ignatius as they call him, he was a young man who was raised in a wealthy family, had all the privileges of life, and he was apprenticed to the king's treasure. So he um, grew up in the court, wore the tights, had the fancy hats. They said he liked hats that were big. And um, he had a life in, as a soldier. And he was very good at it, so he was a commander. But in one battle, his leg was shattered with a cannonball while he was in this battle in France. And the enemy was so impressed with him that they carried him from the battlefield to wherever he wanted to go, and they took him to his sister's castle. And he spent a year convalescing. And so there's not much to do in those days when you're convalescing. So he was trying to find stuff to read, and the only two books she had in her castle was um, the Bible and the life of the saints. So he read those over and over and over. And he was very vain and successful. And 
always wanting to outdo each other, I mean other people, and he even, he would have been better sooner, but his leg was healing crooked, so he had them re-break it, because he wanted to look good in his tights. So, um, so that's kind of his personality. So as he was reading this book of the life of the saints, he thought, you know, I could be a better saint than any of them. <coughs> and he started this competitive thing. Um, and, but he started thinking about, so he started thinking about a life in the church. And, but he would go back and forth to, so he was doing all this daydream about being in the court and a soldier and having the favor of the ladies and you know this success but then he would think about the life of the church and he would get all excited about that you know I could do all these good deeds and and again it started with this vanity that I could be better than them but it started to change as the spirit was working on him and he started noticing in his thought process that when he would think of the life of soldiering, he would have this momentary rush and excitement, but then it would feel dry after it. But when he would think of serving God and, and people in the life of the church, he ha would have the same rush, but it would be sustained. And so he started calling those consolations and desolations. And um, recognizing kind of the movement recognizing the, the movement of his spirit as he would think about those different things and recognizing God's involvement in that. And so he started seeing it as a way of discernment. So basically the heart of this process is consolations is what brings me life, what blesses me, what am I most thankful for, How, at what point today did I feel most loved, Desolations, what takes life from me? Um, with what do I struggle? What sucks me dry? And um, these are processes that as we record them over time or, or remember them over time, patterns start to emerge. And things that are life-giving, that's about how God has put us together. So we do more of those things. Things that suck us dry, we do less of those things. Or we need to do something to address them. You know, and you can't ever be totally devoid of desolation in your life. I mean, it's just, that's just part of life. But to use it as a way to kind of navigate. And so that was how I was introduced to it. I was... Uh, young mother, I had my, um, I was a counselor, but I was trying to discern, my husband was a minister at the time, I was trying to discern whether to get my PhD. We were in a city where they had PhDs in marriage and family therapy, and someone handed me a little book, it's called Sleeping with Bread, Holding On to What Gives You Life. And so I started, I read this book, and it was about this process. And, it, and so I started looking at what is life giving to me and what takes life from me. 
And so I've been, again, I've been a counselor for eight years. And I, I love, and I still love after 30 years, I love having the ability to help people. That's just such a gift. And so, you know, sitting with people and being able to um, help them on their journey is just so life-giving. But I recognize that I need a balance. I couldn't just do that. I have some colleagues who do that 40 hours a week, and that's great. But for me, I needed the balance of doing stuff like this, teaching. And so as I was thinking about teaching, um, I recognized I love to teach adults. Um, it's so life-giving and so energetic. And, and so I, that helped me decide, okay, I'll go ahead and get my um, PhD. And it was a big decision. Our girls were three and seven. But um, it, it was a, a wonderful direction for me. And so I went into the teaching field. Um, so this process, it can be done in different ways, but um, it can be done in um, a lot of ways. So typically, the practice, so the practice of the Jesuits, they do it twice a day. So typically in the morning and afternoon. They look over the past day, what today has been life-giving. And this is a very simple version of it. It's a little more complex, what they do. And then what has been taking life from me? And it's a, the whole practice is a practice on centering on God. So the things that are life-giving, I praise God for. The things that are taking life from me, I invite God into that. So either way, it's putting God at the center of who I am. And so a daily practice, and that's where you record it and start to see, how am I put together? And a lot of it is um, no-brainer stuff. Well, I know, being with people is life-giving. I'm always looking for a chance to be with people. Or, um, well, for me, uh, dealing with the politics of the university just sucks me dry. So as much as I can, I try not to do that, but it is not avoidable. Um, doing it in a weekly, you know, looking over the past week, what this week has been life-giving, what takes life from me. Annual review, that can kind of help us make decisions. Final examine is on our deathbed. Um, and individually or in community. So I want us, I'm a firm believer in, if we keep it up here, we don't really get it. So we're gonna spend some time um, doing this together. So grab one or two other people, and we're gonna answer those questions. What right now in my life is life giving? And what's taking life from me? And then when you're done sharing those, you'll pray for either the one other person or the two other people. Okay? Does that make sense? So find your partner or partners, and um, it'll take just a few minutes to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 